Coming to you from our living rooms, it's the Region 20 Tops to Teens podcast. I'm Sam Gonzalez. And I'm Sarah Ford. And we're here to share with you some really inspiring things that we're seeing that Region 20 teachers are creating um, through their distance learning during COVID-19. So we'll be highlighting some of the really innovative practices that teachers are using to connect with their students virtually. It's going to be an awesome journey with fun conversations to keep you up to date in current practices of instructional continuity. That's right, Sarah, it's gonna be an awesome journey. And we hope that you continue to listen weekly as you travel through special education pathways with an early to exit mentality. So let's get going. Welcome to another episode of the Tots to Teens podcast. It's good to see you, Sam. I've missed getting to see people. I'm getting kind of bored at home, but yeah, it good is. to see you today. <laughs> it is. It's good to see you in the virtual world that we're in right now. So, you know, yeah. still continuing on with the Corona-19 happening. So again, today we're going to highlight another great teacher that we heard about. Um, this teacher is coming from Northside ISD, Ronnie Contreras, and she's going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, distance learning in the world of transition. So can't wait to hear the great things she's doing and the wonderful stuff she's doing at work with the students that she has. So Ronnie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you work, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. I am Ronnie. I am a speech pathologist at the Nellie Reddick Center at Northside ISD. We're a uh, school that focuses on helping adult students 18 to 22 transition from public school life to adult life. We also do have an area of the school that's dedicated to serving our students uh, in the entire district that are considered medically fragile and can't necessarily be on a regular campus. So that's my uh, role at Reddix. Awesome. So just a little backstory. I actually am very familiar with Reddix and I love the wonderful things you guys do with the students in the 18 plus programs and vocational skills and everything else. So all right, so let's tell us what you uh, highlight some stuff that you're doing over there. Um, you know, it, it, we have such a broad range of classrooms at the Reddick Center. Uh, transition looks really different for every single student. And so every student's uh, programming is very individualized. Some students are currently furloughed because they were working prior to this. And just like many other uh, adults have you know, been cut off from working because they're not necessarily considered essential. And so some of that um, has been one way of providing therapy that I may not have been providing prior um, types of services with respect to speech therapy. Um, and then we have other students that are getting ready to exit public school. And this has been really tough because many of them were attending day programs already or getting ready to fully transition. And so that's also been cut short. Uh, and I had some visual supports that I was getting ready to uh, go train staff on um, at these day programs. And then we have other students that are currently in our, what we consider our, we call phase two skill building. And so we're preparing them for whichever plan they want to do, whether they're training for a job, training for a volunteer site, training to go to uh, a day program a couple of days a week. So getting them used to a schedule uh, of activities and um, helping them to make choices and to be self-determined adults that can self-advocate. So again, a broad range of students uh, in special education that we're servicing. And so this has been a really interesting uh, 
path, uh, you know, through distance learning and figuring out exactly the best way to provide services to each student. So it sounds like you've had to really pivot quickly with a wide uh, range of services there. So what did that, give us a background on what that looks like, how your process where has started with this. Absolutely. The uh, process was very quick. From right after spring break, our district said, attend this awesome training. It was an outstanding training by, um, hosted by a group of uh, individual speech pathologists that already had a lot of this background knowledge, which is pretty awesome uh, that, you know, I'm a part of a profession that already has experience in teletherapy. Uh, and it was just literally, hey, here's an entire day's worth, week's worth of activities. Go be immersed, learn what's out there, and hopefully you can pick it up and don't worry about being perfect. So just like regular life, but guess what? You're doing it virtually, and we already have all the training, so we're doing it, and these awesome companies came together to host that for us, and, and you know, Northside already had a relationship with one of them, so it was like, start now, go for it, and that's kind of where that all began was just train yourself in teletherapy have fun well you mentioned something earlier um you talked about you know students that had um employment and now were furloughed um that's one of the questions i actually received you know being the, the transition consultant i had a lot of questions from districts talking about well how do we implement the ip now if their goals were all vocational goals um, have you had any, any uh interaction with that in working with students especially in, in the in the realm of speech Absolutely. I was fortunate to be allowed to attend also. My, my boss just happened to send me this email and said, hey, go attend this training. It was uh, a national type of uh, uh, project and this featured different states and how they were providing vocational rehabilitation to their clients. And so basically our version of Texas Workforce Commission. And that gave me some ideas. I believe it was the state of Missouri. I don't wanna say that incorrectly. It might've been a different state. They were sh uh, offering the same types of programs, but virtually. And I thought, if they can do it, I can do it. And uh, you know, so a lot of just let's hop on here. I know you were furloughed. Let's keep talking about what being in quarantine means for you. And uh, hopefully soon you will be allowed to go back and why you can't go back yet. Some of our students that have intellectual disabilities may not comprehend it the same way that my students with autism do. And then you throw in other forms of, you know, so let's say they have anxiety that they're battling. Um, and so it's been just an interesting, uh, just situation with every single student and I've been able to meet either with whole class groups or small groups or individual type of teletherapy and the conversation's been pretty consistent. It's okay that I'm not um, essential right now, but I do actually have students that are essential employees and they're working in Amazon and uh, at HEB and it's literally you know, texting them and saying, how's the job going? Are you doing okay? Communication going okay? Social skills. It's like, absolutely, I'm still getting a paycheck. This is awesome. Uh, and for the other ones, they're not really in a rush to get back just yet. It's like, I'm good, you know. Uh, a lot of them are doing, you know, maybe your uh, custodial type of work at uh, restaurants or um, your entertainment type of business uh, and dreadies. It's like, you know, it's okay. I don't have to be at work right now. I think all of us as individuals are recognizing 
you know, what those essential jobs are and accepting like, I can do mine virtually for now. Is it the most effective? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not, I haven't uh, subscribed to the belief that virtual uh, therapy isn't as effective as in person. I haven't. Uh, I, I'm still, you know, I believe that we can connect with our students virtually and I think it is possible. Does it require a lot more work on our part? Absolutely. And does it require some prerequisite skills from the person on the other end? Absolutely. Uh, it's just, uh, this has all been uh, an interesting conversation. Well, you actually led up to the question I was thinking about when you mentioned prerequisite skills. Do you find a learning curve? Because the students you're working with are adult students, and so they're kind of on their own in a sense, or they're their decision makers. And so now, I guess, getting online, learning virtually, uh, learning the software, whether it's Zoom or a Seesaw or some of the other ones you heard about, do you find a learning curve in having to maybe teach the students how to use these visuals now or how to use the computer programming to, to, to get the therapy they need? Absolutely. That in and of itself has been a process. Um, thankfully, most parents have been okay with me texting them, me texting the students. Uh, phone calls haven't been as effective for most parents. Uh, you know, I think that's all very individual. And um, finding out what do you need help with? Do I need to make a video for you to demonstrate exactly how to do this? But that's been an awesome area of growth. And just this morning, I had an art for a student who's shown so much growth in that where it's like, all of a sudden, he doesn't have to wait for mom to be home from work. He can do it by himself. And again, most of them at this age, speech is a related service. So they're still working with their teachers and their teachers are teaching them that. But again, being that we were kind of the first on the ground from a speech perspective to say, hey, you guys have the teletherapy background, jump on with the students. And it was like, hey, this kid had a challenge with this uh, or this particular area. And so it really has been a really big collaboration with teachers and us and even IAs as well that are jumping in the mix to help support the student. Well, with your, um you've been talking about the teletherapist some of them have therapy teletherapy sessions that you're doing in actual sessions so if with your um actual teletherapy sessions what have you had to do to prepare what some what are some tips that you could share with us that you've learned through this you know again every student is so individual for the most part um, the way that um, our background and speech therapies training has been is make sure that they always have somebody there to support them. Um, you know, a, a person to facilitate. Uh, however, because our students are adult students, uh, even if they do, even if they're not as independent, many of them still want that independence. And that's pretty typical for an 18, 19, 20 year old person, whether or not they have an intellectual or developmental disability. So I have found at least, you know, for my more one-on-one -on -one or even small group, uh, the parents are actually having to step out in the hallway and they're telling me, it's like, I'll be out in the hallway. Um, I just don't want him to hit leave meeting or <laughs> because he's absolutely, I see him absolutely trying to do that while we're here, but they've, we've found them to be extremely successful when their parents just step out. Maybe their parents are helping them to log in, but that's been pretty awesome to see uh, the independence from students that I, we may not have seen before. It's like, I've got this mom and dad. That's great. You know, matter of fact, I actually got a couple questions and you mentioned that, you know, with speech, um, with the 18 plus students, the adult students you're working with, 
that um, sometimes I always get asked, well, do they still need speech? Is speech still, like you said, a related service? And that's interesting because I always look at the transition of it is, you know, will they need speech to be successful at work? Or will they need the, the support of how to communicate at work or maybe catching the via trans or, or catching a, an Uber? Um, have you, how does that work with the teletherapy with getting students to understand that piece of it and, and relating that to now their work, their vocation? You know, you touched on such a big uh, topic and a hot topic, uh, at least for myself, you know, ethically, I'm, you know, I'm bound to a code of ethics and, and, you know, we should be providing for uh, providing speech therapy for students for whom there is a prognosis for improvement. Um, and a lot of our students uh, with intellectual and developmental disabilities um, are often functioning about, you know, where they're going to be um for their uh academic lives but the second they come to redx transition is different we're no longer working on academics i'm not expecting to see growth as much in academic vocabulary unless they have a plan to go to college which uh you know for some of those students especially my stutterers where they may be required to give oral presentations um or uh, be required to submit assignments uh, and have the ability to communicate with uh professors and um, different personnel that they'll be working with. So what I've found to be most successful is to really, really work hand in hand right next to my teachers. My teachers are the ones who can tell me. And now the teachers are the parents. So it's been a really open conversation uh, with parents. And this has been that kind of moment that some of us may not have expected. It's like, wow, look at what this student has the potential to do. And in, in other cases, it's like, are my services really needed here? And so, especially for my employable kids, I let the job coaches kind of be the one to guide me, um, as well as the parent, which is essentially the IEP committee. And so for speech therapy and transition, that is largely how I provide my services. Again, a lot of it is consultative, but during this period of distance learning, those needs have now shifted from a academic setting slash transitional setting to home. And that's been very, very interesting in trying to figure out what I need to do to help. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely, uh, like I said, I'm very familiar with the Redix. I mean, we have a lot of great, wonderful 18 plus program adult programs in our region um, that are all doing great things. But that was a big um, shock in a sense, because now, again, the IEP with the job coach that was at a, an HEB or the Bill Millers, now he said, again, was furloughed. So that's, that's very interesting. And I like how you, how you do that. And the biggest part that you mentioned, now the parents are in a sense the job coaches. Now the parents are more involved in that part of maybe providing the services, um, providing the goals um, as they're doing that. So that's awesome to hear that. So, um, so tell us a little bit how um, this kind of new normal that we're in, how's that affected you as, cause um, like, like if you're like me, you know, I'm working from home, but I also have my kids here at the house, you know, so I'm kind of the teacher also. How's that affected you um, be just being at home in your everyday during this quarantine with COVID? That's interesting. You know, I found that I'm being very productive with a lot of the tasks. I personally <laughs> have ADHD, as does every other member of my family, which is, you know, really fun when you're uh, the parent that has to coordinate people's schedules and distance learning schedules. And so I am absolutely using all of the visual supports, all of my task lists that I 
suggest to uh, my students and their families and the teachers uh, now more so than ever having a schedule for everyone in this house uh, from my children to my husband the only ones that don't have a schedule are the dogs um, that I have to have that and I'm being very productive uh, and I think I was beating myself up at the beginning of this probably like a lot of my type A colleagues uh, beating myself up over feeling like I wasn't doing enough and it's like I need to call and I found that I was working probably 70 hours a week and it was like okay I need to have a little bit of grace with myself and I think for the most part we now recognize you know, which parents really are there to say, let's do this, let's do the teletherapy and which for the other ones are saying, you know what, I, I don't think that that's for us right now. And I'm totally, totally non-judgmental about that because I know in my house, my kids missed a Zoom meeting and it was like, whoopsie, you know, speaking of, you know, allowing yourself some grace, you know, emailing the teacher. And it was like, I know you emailed me last night that we had a Zoom at 11 and my kid didn't show up, I'm sorry. So having a whole lot of grace and a lot of visual supports in this house is what's getting us through. That's awesome. Yeah, I can, I can feel it for there. I know my, my kids look at the computers every day to see if they have any assignments, um, asking if school is actually out. So um, that's awesome. I definitely appreciate everything you're doing in, in the work at Red X with the 18 plus students. And it's good to hear, you know, we've heard of, um, from different teachers during this quarantine the great things they're doing, but you know, you're the first um, that we can actually hear about the, the adult students, um, you know, the students who are adults who are, do have a different side of a sense of their academics. So like, like you talked earlier, now they're not working on academics, they're working on the, kind of those life skills. And I, I just want to say, I, I love the saying that Reddix has in their hallways that says the last day of school should look like the first day of work. Um, and that's something you guys really work on over there, as do all our 18 plus programs to get those students prepared for the next chapter when they go into the adulthood and become work. So um, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Really appreciate everything that you're doing for the students. I really appreciate that you were nominated um, to highlight the great things you're doing during COVID-19 and uh, keep up the good work, you know, and hopefully when summer comes, if it doesn't just all mesh together what we're doing right now, enjoy your summer, be safe. And thank you again, Ronnie, for joining us. Thank you guys. It's such a pleasure. I hope I was able to provide some type of insight. Oh, for sure. Awesome.